Hey, this is Dave Wade. You're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Rock and roll. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Vladimir Kamano. But then, you know, we each have our own personal traumas and anxieties and depressions that lead us to, to turn to humor for certain things. And I definitely developed that. You know, we grew up in the Bronx, and, uh, you know, we had some rough times growing up. So, uh, with my dad and my mom in the neighborhood, and you just develop, kind of develop humor, for better or worse, in terms of the coping mechanism. Interesting chat with Vladimir. He's got a really cool backstory, and uh, he's a really great guy. You're really going to enjoy a conversation with him. We have a song of the week coming up from Rat Boy, and we'll explain more about that uh, when we get to the end of the show. But in the meantime, we have a dumb bit. I was going to do this dumb bit a couple of weeks ago, but the political ad it's based on, I thought had gotten pulled and I couldn't find it anywhere. I tried T-boying all kinds of newscasts trying to capture it so I could share it with you all. And then last night I saw it, so the uh, dumb bit I was going to do this week, I'm going to save for next week, because even though it's sort of related to the election, uh, it's not really, so I think it'll hold until then. This one, unfortunately, I think is going to be moot for a lot of you listening, because a lot of you are going to stream this after November 6th, uh, which is midterm elections in the United States. But uh, maybe not. It's still really, really good. Uh, so let me explain this to you. And, of course, I, th- this really falls under the category of one of our recurring bits that we like to call... It's Facebook, not Factbook. Now, let me explain. Uh, I live in the 2nd Congressional District here in Ohio. Our representative is Brad Wenstrup. He is a Republican. He's up for his fourth term uh, in Congress. And, uh, you know, nice nice enough guy. Doesn't represent my interests. Uh, Combat surgeon in Afghanistan. And that's pretty cool because, you know, he he wasn't drafted into that, obviously. We don't have a draft. He voluntarily went over to sew up our guys and gals over there. So I do respect that. But, you know, here in America, uh, he just does not represent my interests. He just doesn't. Sorry. Uh, he's running against a woman named Jill Schiller. She is a Democrat who has really no chance of winning. She is, uh, he has a double-digit lead over her. And our uh, political writer here in town used to work for the local paper and then got laid off and now works for the public radio station, wrote a blog post questioning why a guy with a double-digit lead needs to run any kind of political ads. But better safe than sorry, I reckon. So anyway, this is so good. Um, and this is one of the ads he quite, this is why I think this ad got pulled because he kind of made fun of it as I'm about to as well. So let me set the stage for you here. Uh, the ad opens up with a, a computer screen and a mouse. And here, let me play at the beginning for you. So good. So who's running for Congress? So as you can tell, it's a uh, computer typing and uh, she's moving the mouse. I know she's looking that up on Google or perhaps Yahoo, maybe the, the League of Women Voters. No, <laughs> she's looking it up on Facebook and she scrolls down and she clicks a video and the video says this. Proven leader Brad Winstrup. The policies Brad Winstrup has promoted led to record-breaking economic growth and new jobs across southern and southwestern Ohio. Like like yeah of course no no sources cited no nothing to to prove this point but okay so then she scrolls down and clicks on another video uh of his opponent ms jill schiller i wonder wonder what this has to say meet politician and newcomer to ohio jill schiller experts say her plan will kill seven million jobs and force a huge tax increase on every ohio worker okay so let's start with that first bit meet politician and newcomer to ohio jill schiller 
Jill Schiller served in the Obama administration. She has never held elective office. And this is kind of the same thing that the uh, political writer I was telling you about, uh, Howard Wilkinson, pointed out. Uh, she is not a politician. She's never been elected to office. And she, she's not a politician. But the guy that served three terms in Congress and is up for his fourth, what's he? All right. So let's get to that next bit. Oh, the next bit, of course, being uh, the newcomer to Ohio. Uh, let me put that into perspective for you. Uh, she moved here about nine years ago because her husband got a job here. So I guess the lesson from our congressman is, yeah, move here. People should move to southwest Ohio, but don't you dare run for office, bitch. All right, that was a little strong. But let's get to the other half of that now. Experts say her plan will kill 7 million jobs and force a huge tax increase on every Ohio worker. Really, what experts? Can you say some studies? Any news sources anywhere at the bottom of the screen like some of those political ads do at least? Nope. Oh, I, I guess not. A and you know why? It's Facebook, not Factbook. Vladimir Kamano is a stand-up comedian originally from the Bronx, New York, and I, I still believe he lives there. I think he's still based out of there. He is a headlining comedian, and we had a great chat with uh, Vladimir Kamano, and here it is. Hi, is this the question? Yeah, is this Vlad? Yes, it is. How are you? How you doing? Good, not too bad. Uh, first off, uh, I want to ask if I could use the audio of this uh, for my podcast, if that would be okay with you. That's totally fine. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, well, uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll start from the top. I guess the, the obvious question probably on, on people's mind is uh, how does uh, a Dominican guy growing up in the Bronx get a name like Vladimir? Uh, it's a great question, and uh, my father, um, you know, he... Um, he was very into, um, how do I say this, man? For a period of time, he was reading a lot of leftist politics. Oh, okay. Um, leftist socialists. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a millennial, so sometimes I, I may get the, the phrases wrong, the verbiage wrong, which, which is not an excuse, but I don't want people quoting me as... Oh, no, you're you know, fine. ...saying he's a leftist when, when he may be a socialist. or I don't, know what, I don't know what the terms are. So yeah, many yeah. years ago, he was into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he read a book on Vladimir Lenin, and he said, uh, you know, this is a great name. And uh, the name, I think, means fair leader. I think that's the actual, um, you know, uh, definition of the name. So that's how I got the name, dude. And the irony is that my father, uh, my father's a, you know, he's an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. And his accent is so thick that he can't even pronounce my name. Huh. Um, which is kind of something you want from your father. You know, you want your father to to see his child and say the name appropriately. So my name is Vladimir, but my father basically says it. He says the word blah, B-L-A-H. Huh. Um, but then he just yells that. So it's kind of like, instead of saying Vladimir, he'll just say blah. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's my name, dude. So publicly, on paper, I'm Vladimir, but in the house, I'm, I'm B-L-A-H. That's funny. So, growing up, was it like was it a funny household? Did you like watch or listen to comedy, or did just naturally you were funny and yes, man, yes, man. I'm happy. I'm so happy you asked that question because I love talking comedy with other people and what it means to them. You know, yeah. I, I, you forget that comedy means something to people. You know, it enters people's at particular points in their lives, and it's a it's a moment of nostalgia. It's a moment of uh, it's a shorthand with other people. Like with people from my generation, all you got to say is Eddie Murphy Delirious. You know. Yep, and 
a whole stream of memories and context and uh, cultural trends and movies and SNL just comes up. So um, I grew up during that uh, Eddie Murphy era, man. So, you know, I'm, from the, I was, I'm an 80s baby, you know? Right. Uh, and um, I forget. So I saw Delirious maybe like early 90s, you know, and that came out in 82. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just to give you context about how impactful that special was, I mean, I saw it maybe 10 years later and people were still watching it as if it just came out yesterday. Yeah, landmark you know, special, yeah. It's pretty insane the way that special was watched, and I think it's something that people rarely talk about. Like, you know, Chappelle drops a special and Chris Rock, then they're beautiful, but like, Murphy's uh, special was the one that like, it just had, it had, it had this sense of freshness. Like, 12 years later, it was still the same. You know, yeah. um, and I just, I just, yeah, I, I hope I'm communicating what, I, what I'm trying to Absolutely. articulate about. Oh, yeah, about yeah. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I heard that, you know, I'm a, a little older than you, and I was just interviewing uh, Bent Washburn, who's closer to my age. Um, He might actually still be a few years younger than me. Anyway, and we were talking, and I referenced uh, Steve Martin's uh, albums back in the 70s. And it's kind of, oh, that's my kind God. Of, which, which, which one? Uh, well, uh, Comedy's Not Pretty? Uh, I can't remember which one it was off of, but I was, I was talking to him about we were thinking about how we getting older. You know, you you just have the more experience, and there's this one line Steve has where he says, uh, "You get you get prejudices, you get older, not against races or people, but against things." And people are like, "Hey, let's go try this new thing," and you're like, "Sorry, we're closed." And you know, everybody just kind of so knows all those things, yeah. And then a big fan of the Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo era Saturday Night Live. Oh, uh, so good, man! Probably my favorite. I remember that. I don't know if you ever. My favorite thing is probably the uh, James Brown celebrity hot tub party. <laughs> oh my god, man! So funny, man! Right? So funny. Yeah. Just so funny, man! So funny, but you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, listen. Here's the thing, man. Like, I wonder sometimes if this current generation goes back and watches Eddie or or Steve Martin, because when I was growing up, man, you know, I loved watching those old Dean Martin roasts. Yeah. You know, I love watching uh, Red Fox. You know, um, I love listening to the, you know, for better or worse, uh, the old Cosby albums. Yeah. You know, um, there's a sense of history when I was coming up. I, I, I just, I just, I, you know, I want to talk to some younger comments and say, hey, did you go back and watch, you know, the prior sketch show? Did you go back and watch the, uh, the, the Bob Newhart phone calls, you know? Um, because I don't know, man, I, I, all, all that stuff just still holds up. It does. I, I think there is, you know, the, Kind of the aficionados, you know, in the comedy world that do go back and watch stuff. Hell, even like the Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers and all that, I still hear guys, you know, even your age, uh, say, "Oh yeah, I'm all, I'm all into that stuff." And I discovered that stuff. It was it was just amazing. I couldn't believe it because there's a certain timelessness to uh, a lot of that stuff because it isn't really tied to current events 100%. or even to society. Hundred percent. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Although then the Marx Brothers well, also did dabble in that as well, so that you can kind of get both. I, of them. The Marx Brothers. The Marx Brothers had a movie, man. I think it was called Duck Duck Go or something like that. Duck Soup. Duck Soup, man. That's what it was. And there was a scene where he acts, he mimics the guy on the other side of the, the, other, the, other side of the door. Yeah. And it's so, so good, man. Just so, just so on point. So were you a funny kid in school then, influenced by all this stuff? Or were you kind of quiet and the comedy came out later? How did all that develop? Um, and real quick, man, I just don't want to forget about guys like Buster Keaton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching him recently, man. There's this YouTube channel called, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like Every Frame, Every Frame's uh, something. And they had a Buster Keaton, um, uh, kind of, uh, video. And, like, that guy was another genius, man. Truly. Um, and people forget, even Jackie Chan, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, 
that guy's another a comedy beast in terms of his comedic acting and, and how he, he interplays that with the with the action. Um, but I do want to hear about your connection to comedy. So I'll, I'll tell my story first, but I do want to hear how you guys attached to it. Because um, we, all, we all have a story. So for me, it was... Uh, uh, so I, I'm the middle of, of three kids. Okay. And my older brother, Francis, was kind of like my... Uh, he was... Uh, like my idol growing up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to do everything he did. If he did martial arts, I wanted to do martial arts. If he, if he took a poop in public, I wanted to take a poop in public. You know what I mean? Like that's how, that's how crazy it was with him. And um, he was really into uh, Eddie Murphy. He was really into Richard Pryor, and my cousin was really into uh, comedy. So I used to watch them laughing at that stuff, and I was like, man, if I could, if I could get that level of joy from my older brother, you know, that'd be great. You know, if I could make my cousin laugh like that, that'd be awesome. So that was the start of it, you know? That was the start of it. But then, you know, we each have our own personal traumas and anxieties and depressions that lead us to, to turn to humor for certain things. And I definitely developed that. You know, we grew up in the Bronx, and, uh, you know, we had some rough times growing up. So uh, with my dad and my mom in the neighborhood, and you just develop, you kind of develop humor, as, for better or worse, sometimes as a, as a coping mechanism or sure. a defense mechanism. Absolutely. That's kind of where it started, man. And, uh, you know, I've been in therapy for a number of years, and um, uh, it's just uh, something that uh, very blessed to be able to do, to be able to be doing, and to, you know, to make a living off of it, and to share that with my friends and family. So it's, more, it's a lot of gratitude too, man. It's a lot of gratitude. And now, do you, you do work outside of comedy as far as um, as far as psychiatric uh, psychiatric things, uh, don't you? Yeah. So you know. Uh, Thankfully, uh, you know, I uh, had some good, my dad was real big on education and my mom, so um, I've, been, I've been fortunate to write, you know, be able to write my own stuff. And I, in 2016, I sold a pilot to uh, to uh, NBC via Warner Brothers with uh, Bill Lawrence. Okay. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of help, too. You know, Bill was definitely, Bill Lawrence is from Scrubs and, um, you know, Spin City and, and Undateable, um, just a bunch of stuff. So he helped me out a lot. Um, in terms of kind of polishing my stuff and my work and helping with the process. And, um, yeah, then from that, I was able to act, you know, I am acting. I've been on Brooklyn Nine, you know, NBC Superstore, on Hulu, Marvel's Runaways. And then I uh, just shot a movie in New York this past summer with, uh, with, uh, it's a Lorne Michaels production. It's called Vampires vs. the Bronx. And, uh, it's me, Method Man, Chris Red from SNL, uh, Shem Wingham from Brooklyn, uh, from, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Um, so yeah, man, I've been acting, writing, and uh, and performing comedy. So definitely blessed, man. And just trying to stay grateful, man, because you never know when this stuff will go away. That's true. Yeah, uh, and it all comes kind of back full circle with Lauren Michaels and the Saturday Night Live connection uh, with Eddie Murphy. Kind of uh, interesting how that's a through line through a lot of people's comedy experience. Yeah, SNL definitely. You know, SNL definitely uh, influenced the entire generation of. Uh, of comics, man, because they definitely, you know, they set the format up for like this weird thing of like stand up with Eddie, and then it he goes into the the characters, then it goes into the movies. You know, it was like one of the first times where I feel like comedians were able to cross platform themselves. Yes. Um, and then you know that's reflected down the internet, right? Like the cross platforming, the Instagram with the TV with the film work, like Kevin Hart. But you know, that's what's so special about Eddie is because I also feel like he's one of the first guys to do that at such a high level, like he was able to cross platform so well. Um, 
and he had that show called The PJs, you know, on, on uh, I don't know if you ever saw it, it was like Stick Figures. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about he that. Voiced, he voiced, yeah, everyone forgets about that. That was a, I enjoyed that show. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that show. It's interesting because I'm thinking now, uh, thinking back, I think Saturday Night Live is probably how I discovered Steve Martin because I think I probably saw him host and he did the Fest Drunk Brothers with Dan Aykroyd and, and all that. And then I probably found the albums from there. And uh, and that's, you know, I enjoyed Bob Hope before that. You know, that's just classic stuff, set up punchline, you know, commenting quick wit. And then, you know, fast forward into Steve Martin and, and there you go. And another Saturday Night Live connection. Dude, I still haven't seen. Uh, I still haven't seen Bowfinger. I haven't either. That's. I keep meaning to. I just thought about that the other day. Actually, someone was talking about. Uh, I have not seen Bowfinger, which is Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. Right. Exactly. Uh, critically acclaimed. So. Yeah. My. My. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you uh, when uh, you're on stage. Are you kind of talking about all your your because uh, of your multicultural upbringing there in the Bronx, or is it things are happening to you in daily life? Is it current events? What kind of yeah, what do you um, got to do with these days? Yeah, man, it's mostly, uh, you know, it's very uh, self-narrative. So, a lot, you know, at the, at the heart of it, it's me, right? It's me and my anxiety and my uh, my uh, quirkiness. And then how that relates to my family, my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, my older brother. And that kind of, you know, sums up the core of my, uh, my uh, I would say, my narrative on stage. And, um, you know, it's just like, it's a nice blend of, like, well, romance and, Parental stuff, sibling rivalry, um, you know, just like and silly stuff I do, you know, um, and you know I'm, I'm able I'm able to just kind of bring a a familial aspect to things that I think it's kind of interesting because you know I'm from the Bronx, New York, my family's Dominican, so even even though it comes from a place of great specificity, the stories are specific enough that anyone can find a place in them, find something to relate to. Does it kind of surprise you in a way that, that uh, they are so relatable? Like you're saying, when you know, you go from the Bronx, maybe go to Des Moines, Iowa, and yet people can still make that connection. Is it, it, it you know, because because we're all Americans, or is it just because we have this? We do have more culturally in common than we think. I'll give you. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll share something with you, man. I, I did the Just for Last Comedy Festival in 2015. Yep. And uh, mind you, that festival has, the, has uh, you know springboarded so many artists. Of all different backgrounds, man. But I remember going up to my new faces here, and I was like, man, uh, you know, these Canadians are going to get me. You know, like, huh. I'm a kid coming from the Bronx, and I'm talking about very specific experiences. Like, are they going to really get me, you know? And um, it was such a an awful, not awful, but such a misguided thought to have because Canada is so diverse and just so progressive and not even progressive, just like... It, it, I performed up there, and I just had a great uh, showing. You know, I, I performed on the gala with Howie Mandel, which was televised. And what it gave me was an experience of saying in my head, you know, funny is funny. You know, I don't care if you're in Missouri. I don't care if you're in uh, New York. I don't care if you're in Canada. Funny is funny, man. And, like, if you can communicate that to people in a real way, and they can they can touch it, you know, they'll laugh, man. They'll laugh. You know, granted, not every show is going to be great. Every audience is unique. You know, I've bombed in all kinds of venues. So the bombing is never inevitable. But um, the more you trust the funny and you can say, hey, what I have is funny and it's unique and, you know, it's coming from a good place and it's true and it's honest and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put anything on, you know, um, I think people just vibe to that. 
Yeah, there are guys that, you know, they can make stuff up. Dan Tosh once told me, he said, oh, everything in my act is completely made up because my life is so boring, I don't think anybody would ever find it interesting. Hilarious. And it works for him. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, like you said, I think with most guys and gals, there's that, that you know, you're right, you're right that kind of uh, line of honesty that's in there that people can say, you know, oh, yeah, okay, that's that, that's something... Something real to happen, but I guess also too with like him and like maybe like a Brian Callant, they're so silly that you're like, well, of, of course that's absurd. That that wouldn't happen to people. So it's just kind of interesting how there are little different facets uh, of comedy that way. Yeah, and it, and it and it fluctuates, right? Because Steve Martin was a complete absurdist. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And but it was honest for him, you know. And I remember reading his book. Um, what was it called? Uh, oh yeah, I, I read that. Um, it's been a while. Um, uh, I remember him saying he he missed the guy in that book and everything, uh, and, but I can't remember what the, what the title was. But his uh, his biography, sort of his memoir, I guess. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but then there was an excerpt in that book where they were saying how Steve was very different from the comics at the time because a lot of the comics at the time were very political. Yes, and uh, Steve was kind of like trying to almost innovate the format. Like he hated the fact that like I forget what the saying was, but he hated the fact that like it depended on a punchline. Right. You know, and he was really trying to figure out a way, like, how can I have a punchline without with the, without the normal mechanics of it? Um, so although it was absurd, it was his way of, like, how do I take this to, in a different direction? Like, so you're right, the the, the context of truth, because you're right, because you're right, sometimes honesty can be misconstrued as, like, oh, are you talking about real stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but truth is, truth kind of, truth is a little slippery sometimes. You know, Steve was being true for his, his, his response, his orientation to comedy. Right. He was like, I'm looking at comedy and I want to have a different relationship to it. You know, and that was true for him and, and, and reflected in his work, man. He was, he, was, he was so funny. And so when you're not in, in doing comedy or writing comedy or thinking about it, what kind of things are, are you doing, I guess, when you're sort of off duty, as they say? Man, I'm kind of a hermit, man. So I kind of keep to myself. I, uh, with my girlfriend, with my family, um, Hang out with some close friends. You know, sometimes I go to the comedy club, hang out there. Um, what do I like doing? Uh, I like watching cartoons, man. I'm a big cartoon guy. You know, uh, especially like, I like watching like, uh, like those sci-fi fantasy cartoons, like Magic and Dragons. You know, uh, like I was watching on Netflix, there's a cartoon called uh, The Dragon Prince. Okay, I've heard of that. I've seen that and I've been scrolling through really? my... Really good. There's one called uh, Kulapari. Uh, that's really good on Netflix. You know, obviously Game of Thrones, not a cartoon. Sure. But I'm really into like that fantasy magic genre, dude. Like, there's something very calming about that at night. You know, you kind of clock in, and um, there's something about the there's something about the believability about a fantasy cartoon. Is it kind of an escape? Like, I know when I watch like the old Star yeah, Trek and things like that, it's like you're transported to the 23rd century and light years from Earth, and it's like you're just way away from everything, it feels like. and uh, It's so true, man. That's cool. That's so I'm, really, I'm really into that. Really into that. Um, and music, man. I like music a lot. You know, listen to a lot of music. I got, my, I got a home pod in my apartment. So I just, I'm always, you know, listening to music, man. Music is like real key, man. I like, uh, I like the 90s hip-hop, like Wu-Tang Clang and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's a little aggressive, but, you know, I like that kind of stuff. I like uh, some jazz. Uh, my brother is real big on salsa music, so I like that. You know, merengue music. Yeah. And my girl, dude, my girl, my girl loves country music. Oh, there you so, go. Um, 
she loves country music, man. So, you know, I've been getting into that lately. You know, Brad Paisley and um, there's a song she likes a lot called Tennessee Whiskey, I think it's called. Um, there's another song called Route 60-something about this guy who goes to see his son. You know, those country songs, they have, like, stories. They do. And, uh, yeah, she's really into the country music, man. So we, we listen to that while we're making breakfast on the weekend. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's interesting how music can can kind of set a mood like that where there's just different times yeah, different things yeah and uh then i guess comedy in a way too sometimes you're in the mood for just silly stuff other times you in the mood for you know uh, i guess stuff that's more involved with commentary and, and things like that 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and it's place for it's place for both man and we, we have to have both we have to have both oh well, yeah because you know comedy because comedy has no rules dude comedy has no rules exactly you know Everyone wants their comedy to have rules, like, oh, you should talk about this, you shouldn't do that. You know, granted, within reason, there's a time and place for specific conversations or, or jokes, but there's really no rules up there, man. You look at Zach Galifianakis and, you know, um, what's the guy's name from Taxi? Uh, Andy Coffin. Yes. There's no rules to this, man. This is the, it's the Wild Wild West for you up there. It is. Yeah, and sometimes, it, you know, people are along for the ride, and other times they're, they're not so other sure. Other that's, that's all prob- part, of, part of the excitement. Look at Jim Carrey, man. Like, that guy was so innovative, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I remember seeing him on a he, young comedian special. He just came out and flopped on the floor. And uh, that was... Remember, remember that? Remember that? Yeah. And we were like, wait, what's this? Or the, he came out with his arm stuck behind his head and did his whole, like, set that way. <laughs> it's just crazy. Right, and you could even argue, like, you could even argue, like, in a weird way, like, you could draw a direct line between, like, guys like Steve Martin and Jim Carrey, you know, because... Oh, sure. Steve was the one that said, hey, let's go out here and fucking... Let's go out here and, you know... I'm gonna put a goddamn arrow on my head, <laughs> you know. Yep. And I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if it gets any laughs. And, and it did. It did. Yeah, filled, filled arenas. He did. How crazy is that? Say again. Say again. He, he filled arenas. He played the basketball arena in Cleveland. He played. He sold. He sold arenas, man. He yeah. sold arenas. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he sent out the garden. Probably he at the Coliseum in Cleveland, which is the old basketball arena. It sat twenty thousand for basketball. And I know he sold that out, I think, a couple nights, actually. He did two nights there. In Cleveland. This isn't New York City or Chicago. It's Cleveland. It's just, you know. Was he the first, was he the first arena comic? Is that, is that, is that true? Per, uh, had to be. Well, no, I think Cos did arenas or big theaters. And I think Cosby might have done some arenas first. Oh, but look into that. That's a good question. Then I, I know, good trivia I know question. Dice was an arena comic, too. When Dice came out, he played arenas. Sure, sure. And Dane Cook later on, of course, but I'll have to look that up after this. But um, yeah, you know, you know, playing arenas now is uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Yep. That guy's playing huge arenas. <laughs> well, cool, man. Got good uh, stuff for the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, brother, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna, go I was gonna wrap up here because I got to get this uh, uh, transcribed cool, brother, no and off to uh, and off to Minneapolis. So it'll be. No, that's not yours. My wife just saw my the money I got for trivia last night, but it actually goes to the trivia company, to their bank account. Hilarious! <laughs> I thought you were high. Her eyes got the biggest saucer. She saw 150 bucks on my desk. She's like, "Wow!" <laughs> well, great, man. Hey, do you ever come down to Cincinnati? I don't think we've ever seen you. The Funny Bone or Go Bananas? Isn't Hilarity down there? No, it's Cleveland. A great club, though. Cleveland, Cincinnati. I love the country. Is that what you're based out of? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put I'll put a word in. Dude, what's the name of the which what's the venue? The, the bananas and Go Bananas is the is the one club, and then we have a, a chain, a Funny Bone, uh, up north of town. 
Yeah, if you put a word in, dude, I'd really appreciate that. And then if you put the word in, I'll make sure my agent gets on it, depending on which awesome. one's talking. Okay, I'll, I'll pass it along to the, the fellow that helped set this up, and uh, we'll go from there. Let me know, brother. Thank right. you so much. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. Likewise. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Vladimir Kamano for being on the show. You can catch Vlad, let me see here, on his website. It says, oh, there we go. It's going to be uh, November 7th through the 9th at the House of Comedy in Phoenix. There you go. Phoenix, Arizona. And then he doesn't have any dates. Oh, I said you can show all dates, actually. Let's have a, have a little peek-see and see. He's in Bridgeport, Connecticut in December. And just go to Vladimir. Oh, actually, if you go laughingvlad.com. So laughing and then Vlad, V-L-A-D, all, so it's all one word, dot com. You can get all your Vladimir Kamano information. Let's go to our usual promotional items. Of course, that, of course, would be to uh, go to Nearly Liza's YouTube channel. She hasn't uploaded a video recently. Uh, I think homework's kind of getting the best of her. She comes home and has like a couple hours of homework every night now. But hopefully she'll have some new videos up soon. Check Check Hay's blog. Check that out. Buy a shirt from Cincy Shirts or Old School Shirts. I keep meaning to ask the boss if I can put a code in there so you folks can get uh, a cu- couple of bucks off of a T-shirt. But do check out Cincy Shirts and OldSchoolShirts.com both. And Fluffy Crate as well. Uh, Fluffy Crate, go there. Uh, there's some other podcasts. Our friend Pat Francis has his shirts there for Rock Solid. So buy some, just buy some shirts, goddammit. <laughs> um, and let me see. That takes us to our song of the week. Song of the week is from Rat Boy. I know I've played Rat Boy before. Rat Boy discovered by uh, Nearly Liza, actually. Uh, one of the few new bands that we always argue over who discovers new artists. And she discovered uh, Rat Boy via, I think, she did a playlist on Spotify based on other artists that she likes, and Rat Boy came up. And as I've described before, Rat Boy, kind of in that singer-songwriter vein uh, with Declan McKenna, who she also likes, and we've also done Song of the Week with uh, previously, uh, maybe a George Ezra, if you will. Uh, but but they're kind of, a, kind of especially in this tune, uh, a little more hip-hop-y, rappy, Kind of in the middle, but still the singer-songwriter vibe that I think you're going to dig. And so, uh, but more of a rocky sense, if you will. And so here is uh, Rat Boy. We'll find out more about Rat Boy in the coming weeks. Uh, good news is, you know, we do the annual top five, Fangirl and I, and then Lizzie contributes the closing track. But now Lizzie is really into music, so she is going to also give us a top five. And fingers crossed, we're also going to get uh, my wife to join us as well with her top five. So we'll have a big, big top five show coming up. Uh, at the end of the year. That usually runs the first Sunday in January, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Rat Boy, I'm sure, will be making an appearance on Lizzie's list. He may make an appearance on my list. I like this tune a lot. I think this is his best tune so far. Internationally Unknown is the name of the track. It's our song of the week on PF Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. I don't know where we're gonna go I'm internationally unknown Sitting smoking split 16 undercover till So undercovers when I met my first lover She broke my heart when she ran off with my brother I show no tears for my teenage years Cause selling bears with my peers is better than now Cause
pulling out to buy a coal Don't let them know, it's hid under my pillow Looking bad now, it don't seem too long ago 